Connect Church, and uh, we're so thankful that you're here. My name is Terry Pierce. had the wonderful pri- privilege of being the lead pastor here for a really long time because I'm really old, and uh, we want to thank you guys for being here. Uh, we're in the Gospel of Luke, and uh, we're just going through the Gospel of Luke. God's got a plan for your life, and uh, we're just preaching through the Bible verse by verse. That's what we do here. Nothing fancy, nothing showy. We just preach the Bible. And uh, we believe that it's the answers that you guys are looking for. And uh, we're so pumped to and share with you guys. I got a really, I got a good announcement and a bad announcement. The good announcement is, is that through a lot of fasting and prayer and consultation and, and uh, seeking his face and then uh, going through the staff and deacons. And today we'll share the finance, the vision that God's given us for 23. And uh, on the preaching calendar and where we're headed for 23, um, the uh, God's given us a great vision. We can't wait to share it with you guys, and, and even bigger things are to come. Uh, but the bad news is, is uh, looking through it all, I looked through this week, and a tough announcement, but uh, I'm scheduled to be here every Sunday. There may be once or twice that we'll have a guest speaker, but I'm going to be here through every Sunday preaching to you guys through July, so just, you know, I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, so you guys are going to have to stick up with me for the next seven months. I know, dang it. Uh, but uh, here we are this morning, and uh, the next paragraph that we're going to tackle in the Gospel of Luke, and let me set it up for you in this way, um, it, and so here's where I start with today. Uh, my favorite Christmas movie, one of, one of my favorites, I've got several, but one of my favorite Christmas movie comes from when you as a kid, uh, is watching A Christmas Carol. Y'all remember the movie A Christmas Carol? Now, I'm not talking about the one with Mickey Mouse, okay, Taylor? Uh, so it's not that one, uh, but I'm talking about the one by Charles Dickens and uh, the one that he wrote and the one that you've watched the movie. And so what happens in A Christmas Carol is this dude by the name of Ebenezer Scrooge, uh, he is grouchy. He's selfish, he's a miser, he just is ill about everything in life, and he serves as a lead deacon at the, no, anyway, uh, and so, sorry, that's not really in there, I just made that up. Anyway, and so, this is my last Sunday here, uh, so, so he's this dude that is, uh, you know, just a miserable person, and here's what happens in the movie. All of a sudden, one night, in a dream, three ghosts show up. All right, and uh, the ghost, okay. Anyway, <laughs> some of you are like, all right, all right, so three ghosts show up in his life, and it's the ghost of the past, and the ghost of the present, and the ghost of the future. That's what we're going to talk about in a minute. And so he has these three ghosts. Okay, anyway, uh, so enough of that. And so they show up in his life, and he takes him in, uh, the, to his, to his uh, funeral. And so he's there at his grave, and what shocks him and stuns him is everybody walks by his grave and his, at his funeral, and man, they rip him up one side and down the other. And they're talking about how sorry he was and how miserable he was and how much they hate him, and man, it shakes him up. Just saying, that's maybe a thought that some of you all that are pleasant people need to think about. Anyway, because that day's coming. Uh, so anyway, just a sidebar note. But uh, so he goes through that and it's a game changer for him and he realizes he's got to redeem his ways and, you know, he's got to do better. And so uh, all of a sudden, the point of the whole movie, though, is, you know, it's fast forwarding him into the future and he sees how that changes his present. Well, some of you are sitting here this morning, and you're like, dang, preacher, you're, you know, you're artistic, and you know, you got that background, too, and you're like, way to go, preacher. Ruin the Christmas movie for me. Um, 
Well, you, we are a very sarcastic group at our church, so let me try and ruin something else here for you. This is just what we do. So uh, I just got news for you. In your Christmas movie viewing, guess what? They're going to find Kevin home alone, and he's going to be just fine. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just letting you know this is going to play out. And then for all of you ladies, now this is for the men in the church this morning. All right, you ready, fellas? You better back me up. Don't leave me hanging out here, all right? Uh, so for all you ladies here this morning, I got news for you. Over the next 40 days, every Hallmark Christmas movie, oh, so here's how it's going to go. Every single one of you. Ready, guys? All the Hallmark Christmas movies, this is what is going to happen. Some girl in her 30s, and she's beautiful, and she's a princess, and she comes back to her little hometown in the valley, and she's ice skating, <laughs> or she's crippled, whichever way you want to go with it. <laughs> that was better in the first service. That didn't go well in the second. Anyway, so anyway, and she's ice skating <laughs> in the valley. And she twists her ankle, and she falls to the ice. <laughs> and lo and behold, Prince Charming, new doctor in town, Hunkarama, he shows up, and he's just moved there, and he treats her, and he fixes her ankle. And you wouldn't know it, but in the next 90 minutes, they go from that moment to skating into their wedding. They all end the same way. So just, you know, killed all your movie dreams. All right, so I'm just saying, are you with me, fellas? Am I right? Oh, man, the guys in the first service are much more manly than you guys. You guys left me hanging. All right, so anyway, I'm just saying, that, and here's my whole beef with the Hallmark, Hallmark thing. Y'all, I don't mind that they show them, you know, gag movies, but, but here's the thing. At least let Frazier still come on. So anyway, so that's my whole beef with that. So here we are this morning. The reason I love the Christmas Carol movie is because it illustrates the power of fast forward in your life. Matter of fact, here's what I want you to get. Things in the present always look different from the perspective of the future. I want you to write that down because that's what we're going to be talking to you guys about. Things in the present always look different from the perspective of the future. And that's what old Ebenezer found out that day. So even if I have ruined all of your seasonal uh, movie uh, viewing, watching, how it's all going to turn out, uh, one last uh, movie analogy to this point, and then we're going to dive into what Jesus is saying on this subject. When you watch a movie for the second time, because I want to make sure everybody's engaged in this mentally and thinking about this. So when you watch a movie the second time, your favorite movie, you watch it the second time, you know how it's going to end. But man, you're, you know, and so it just changes even how you view it because you know that it, when Maverick gets shot down behind enemy lines, Goose's son is going to come back and save him. So now you've ruined four movies for me. For him. And anyway, I'm just saying. And so the truth of the matter is, is that we look forward to the future whenever we understand it, and it changes how we see the present perspective that we're in. And so sometimes the future surprises us. So let me engage everyone here this morning into the text today. Sometimes the future surprises us. And what we're shooting for here today, what Jesus was addressing, 
is I want to fast forward into your future, and he's going to reveal that in a minute and talk to you guys about the second coming. It's going to be good, Miss Marie. Hang in there. But until we get there, he's saying, I want you to live with that. You know how the movie ends, but it changes how you daily make decisions. It changes your now. <laughs> Give me an example. Um, your young couple decided that, you know what, we're going to have kids and it's just going to be so wonderful. Everything's just going to be easy. And, and our lives are going to be fulfilled because we've started a family and we have these kids. And, and we just dream about this is going to be so great and wonderful. And you had no idea what that decision that day and how that would impact your future. Within a few years, you're going to literally hate the golden arches. You never want to set foot in McDonald's again. If you hear the word Happy Meal, you're going to throat punch somebody. You're sick of McDonald's hamburgers and french fries. And as you go through, uh, and not only does it add to that area of your life, but you will literally, and every young parent in our church and all these babies and stuff that you guys got, how many of you did not agree this morning that that decision, we're going to start a family, would lead you to the moment that you would pay $1,000 to have 15 minutes of quiet in peace to yourself. Can I get a witness? All right, you with me, parents? You got that? All right, you're getting all this down? All right, all right. And so, so I'm just telling you, uh, it, it, it's a game changer, but also on the other side. That day, that decision that you made in the moment about your future, you will also find that you will never love anything else ever like that, that you love your child. So that daily decision has a huge impact on your future. And that's exactly the subject that Jesus is dealing with as it affects our spiritual journey to heaven in Luke chapter 12. And now the question that I want to ask you this morning as we fast forward to the moment Jesus is, and he's going to say to his disciples, I want this to impact from that vantage point of the future the decisions you make today and the question that Jesus asked, are you ready? Turn in your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke chapter 12. And the very same question that I want to ask you today, and it's the most profound question you will ever answer, are you ready? As we look into this portion of the Bible, in theological terms, we call this portion of the Bible eschatology. And for those of you that are, it's okay if you're not familiar with Bible terms and it's a bigger one, it just simply means, the word eschatology means the teaching of the future. Jesus will take a deep dive into this discussion that is often overlooked in today's generation of preaching and, and a generation growing up in our churches. In Luke chapter 12, Jesus will define for his listeners, listen, I want you to live your life looking for me to return at any moment. Here's what Dr. Daryl Bach does, uh, one of my favorite New Testament scholars. Here's what he says about this text. The Bible exists, not so much, and we're going we're gonna to unpack this a little bit. It's not in my notes, but, but I think this is important as I was preparing again this morning. The Bible ex exists not so much to inform us of the details of the future. Now, let me just pause with that statement. In my generation and older, what we did, and we're going to hear about that in, in just a second, we focused so much We've got to identify, or if you're my age or older, you remember everybody we were looking at was the Antichrist. 
Uh, one of the guys was sharing as he left this morning, he said, I remember the pastor here, Brother Milton Worthington, when he was pre preaching here in the 1970s, he said he identified that the Pope was the Antichrist and preached that here in our very church. And, and so we, you all remember back in the day, we were looking at everybody who could be the Antichrist. And so we were spent so much on the details, when's Jesus coming back? When is he coming back? Let's set a date, all that kind of stuff, that we missed the whole point. Now, in fairness, I think today's generation doesn't even think about the second coming. And that's on me and on us. We're changing that, all right? And so here's what, Je here's what the point is that Jesus is doing in Luke 12. It's really intended to prepare us to serve God faithfully until he returns. The second coming is all about reminding you, keep living for me. Hang in there. Are you ready for me to show up? That is what Jesus was going for here in the text. And so, uh, did you know, uh, and just to give you a little bit more of the deep dive into this, and then we're going to apply it to your life when we get to the end here, but here's the, here's the deepness. Uh, did you know that the second coming of Christ is the most talked about doctrine in the Bible? I right, just chew on that for a second. The second coming of Christ, and yet, how many sermons have you ever really heard on it in recent days? And I know that's a big statement, but it's true. Did you know that there are, all right, Miss Tiffany, questions, Bible answers, whatever you work for. Anyway, uh, did you know, this is one to put up on your website this week. Did you know how many chapters are there in the New Testament, Tiffany? Oh, God, come on, you work for them. All right, there's 260 chapters in the New Testament alone. And out of that 260 chapters, 318 times the second coming is talked about in the New Testament. And out of every um, eight times that we hear about the second coming, only once is the discussion over Jesus' birth. And do we not flip that? Man, I'm going to be preaching a whole series of sermons starting in two weeks about the heart of Christmas, and we're going to share with you. And in Valor, I'm going to preach four sermons on the coming of Jesus, uh, I mean on the birth of Jesus, but how many sermons do we ever hear on the second coming? And so I think that we need to maybe balance this thing out a little bit, and that's exactly what Jesus is saying. He says, I need you all to think a little more on my return. So in this theological perspective of the second coming, the New Testament writers are arguing all those 318 times, the second coming is simply this, to motivate obedience to almost every moral command found in the New Testament, or as Pastor J.D. Greer says, it better, I love this, he says this, it is only by thinking clearly about the future will you live wisely in the present. I want you to take a picture of that. That is so profound. That's what we're going for here today. That's what Jesus was addressing in our life. He says to his followers, the hope, his followers, the hope of a better life in your future begins with the choices you make today. Would you stand with me this morning? It's a lengthy passage, and uh, you guys are already getting cold and so going to sleep on me. So, all right, you warmed up. All right, here we go. So we're going to get you guys awake. A little exercise here today. It won't hurt you. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 12, verse 35. Drink more coffee next week. All right, you ready? Here we go. Stay dressed for action and keep your lamps burning, Jesus says to them, and be like the men who were waiting for their master to come home from the wedding feast so that they may open the door to him at once when he comes in and knocks. And blessed are the servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. 
Truly I say to you, he will dress himself for service and have them recline at the table, and he will come and serve them. And if he comes in the second watch or the third, and then he finds them awake, blessed are those servants. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief was coming, he would have not have left his house and broken into it. But you also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at your hour, and an hour you do not expect. So Peter says to him, he was always that guy in the room, Lord, are you telling us this parable us for all? And the Lord said, and when the faithful and wise manager whom his master was set over the house will to give him the portion of the food at the proper time. Blessed is the servant whom the master will find so in doing when he comes. Truly, I say to you, he will set him over all of his possessions. But if the servant says to himself, my master is delayed in coming, and begins to beat the male and female servants and to eat and drink and get drunk. And the master of the servant will come on a day when he does not expect him in an hour when he does not know, and he will cut him into pieces and put him with the unfaithful. And the servant who knew his master's will but did not get ready or act according to his will will receive a beating. But to the one who did not know, did not deserve it, and, and did what he deserved a beating, will receive a lighter beating. But everyone to whom much was given... Of him much will be required, and for to, from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. You may be seated. So last Sunday, and just to cap uh, for everybody that was missing last week, where were you? All right. So to, just to uh, recap a little bit, is uh, here's what we taught in the in the middle part of Luke chapter 12. Jesus is saying to his disciples. He's gathered from the big crowd to the small crowd. You remember last week? And so he says to his disciples and a few other people, he says, listen, I need you guys to invest in eternity. And so he talks to them about their money, and he talks to them really hard about their money, and he says that you guys have got a tie. Uh, I want you to invest in the eternal kingdom, uh, and, and, and I'm just telling you, uh, you realize that if you want me to bless every area of your life, if you want me to help you get through the tough emotional, financial, spiritual, relational problems that you're having, it begins by you giving me your heart, and you give me your heart with a tithe. And Jesus confronts them, and he says to them, and, and I know we live in a church in an age where, you know, people, and we used to do this stupid thing here that people like, you know, well, I volunteer my time, and I don't have to, you know, it's just, there's no other way to cut it. That's not what the Bible says at all. God said the tithe is your money. There's no argument, no debate. And he says, and he argues, and he says, if you want to really reap my reward and my blessings of handling the other 90%, it begins with the first 10, and then I promise. And, and I will say this real quickly to recap, uh, if y'all didn't get it last week. Here's the truth of the matter is, I am terrified about what's getting ready to happen in our country for the next couple of years. The truth of the matter is, we have left God out of our country, and I'm telling you, we're all suffering the consequences of decisions without him. And I'm just telling you, if we've ever needed God's help with our money, with our emotions, with our, with our just our safety and everything else, we need to bring God back into our lives. And I'm just telling you, church, it begins in his house. And we shared with you, to be very transparent, only 20% of you guys are tithing. No wonder our country is going to hell and we've forgotten about God. If it's starting in our house, we got to clean up our own house if we want God to clean up our country. Just saying. 
All right, that's why some of y'all didn't come back last week, so they just went click. All right, anyway, but I'm just saying, thankful you guys are here. It just, it, my job is to tell you what, it is what it is. So here's where we're at this morning. Jesus says, now, based on you got this thing down, let me tell you about my return. And there's another reason why you want to give. Because guess what, wages? I'm coming back for you. I'm coming back. You want to be ready. Are you ready? You want to be invested in his kingdom. And so here's the two verses that I want to pull out uh, out of his parables that sort of give us the subject matter. First of all, verse 35, he says, stay dressed for action. Now, one of the things in your American culture when we're reading the Bible, uh, this is why we tell you to dig a little bit deeper into this, you're not going to get what he's trying to emphasize here. When he says stay dressed, what does that mean, Matt? You know, I'm supposed to wear my blue jeans all night and never, you know, put on my pajamas? Uh, no, because, you know, you need to wash those things, dude. I know you're playing the band. But anyway, all right, uh, so all these things happen. Uh, so he's not saying, what he's saying is, is in the Jewish culture that we don't get, it's an emphasis on being ready for the master to return. So what they understood in their culture when they heard this is everybody back in the day wore a robe. In Jewish culture, when he's speaking to them, they're all wearing robes. Men, women, they all wore a robe. Y'all aren't getting this. You're just too American, aren't you? So let me get, so I want you to get the mindset of this to really dig into this. So let's just pretend that you go to Walmart on Saturday morning and you know how everybody still wears their pajamas and robes to Walmart on Saturday morning? So that's the visual I want you guys to get. All right, that's scary. All right, anyway, so now we got it. And so now everybody's wearing robes. Uh, they're not at Walmart. And so Jesus is saying, what I need you to do is I need you to gird up your robes. And he says, I want you to be ready. And what they would do if they were in a war, if they were in a battle, if the bear was chasing them or whatever was going on, you would take your robe and you would pull it up and you would tie it off with a belt so that you had mobility, so that you could move, so that you were quicker because whatever was coming after you, you were ready for action. And Jesus is saying mentally, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally, I need you to gird yourself up. I need you to be dressed. I need you to be active in the church. I need you to continue to do what you're doing. Do not quit serving me because the master's coming be ready and then he uses another verse and so we're here we got it and so he says i need you to keep your lamps burning i need to keep the um uh, where's was it uh, was it ed bodet we need to keep the light on at motel six i'm really old and anyway so you go back and google the commercials and so uh we got the light on at motel six and and so he's saying i need you to keep your lamps burning and again jewish culture here and then we're going to get practical with this but i want you to really catch the emphasis that jesus was doing in jewish culture in a wedding you ladies are going to love this. A wedding would go on for over a week in Jewish culture. So you're just, oh, the bride's dress and the cake and, and the flowers and, and all this stuff. You know, and it's just like, oh, my gosh, how long is this thing lasting? And so it would be some of you southern ladies' dream that the wedding and all of this stuff went on for a week. I just think I popped my neck out. Anyway, and, and so all of this was just the ceremony. And so what one dude's job was, all right, Lee, this is your one job, Lee, that Mary's given you. Your daughter's getting married. I know that's a scary thing about it. Anyway, uh, so your daughter's getting married, all these things, in 20 years, Bristol, all right? And so uh, 20 years. And so your daughter's getting married and, and all these things. And your one job, Lee is you got to keep the wedding banquet room ready to go because you don't know when they're going to finish up with the religious part of it and all of the bridegroom's going to show up. You have 
to have the hall ready. You have to have the food ready. You have to keep people going, fed. You got to keep the lights on because when the bridegroom shows up, you don't want everybody asleep. You don't want everybody, uh, you got to have them ready. And so Jesus is simply saying, I want my church, I want you as individual believers to be ready for my return. And that's my question. Are you ready for Jesus to come back. Here's what Dr. Danny Aiken, one of my favorite New Testament writers and commentators says about this parable. This parable is really about the Son of Man coming back at an unexpected time. I don't think we live ready anymore. I don't think we talk about it, Ernie, like we used to back in the day. When I was growing up, I'm gonna go all the way back to Southern Illinois in a little church, and my uh, nephew and niece is here this morning, and they're from that area, and they're proud of Southern Illinois. Anyway, and so, uh, and so they, uh, but when I grew up in Southern Illinois, this little town, Waltonville, and uh, I feel like hee-haw moment now, shallow. Anyway, uh, so I grew up in this little uh, town, and you know, just t- tiny, and, uh, but we had this little Free Old Baptist Church, and it's where I got saved, and thank God Almighty for it, but when, if you remember and if you're old and, uh, and all this, you remember growing up in the 70s, everything was about Jesus coming back. We thought it, we were looking for the Antichrist everywhere. If you went to Sunday school class, we, we, uh, you had posters up on your walls about who was the Antichrist. And, you know, and they were preaching that the Pope was the Antichrist. You, the, the back, you could Google this back, but there was later on the, the Russian president was Mikhail Gorbachev or whatever his name was. And he had a birthmark. Remember the guy that Reagan sort of outed? And he had a birthmark across his face. They were preachers back in my day they was preaching that that birthmark was this the sign of the beast or whatever they called it and so we I mean there was all kind of crazy stuff going we even had um end time board games and so instead of monopoly because we were fundamental Baptists we Jesus never had any fun neither should you and, and so because uh, we grew up with all that is we had end time board games and and you know you passed you know the, the game and so there was one square you landed on that and this is what they taught they would yell at us every Sunday if you are in a movie theater in one of them wicked Hollywood movie theaters and Jesus comes back he ain't coming in to get you you going to hell. Uh, and, and so uh, they would preach to us. And if you were at a rock concert or you were any kind of concert, no, I mean, take that back. We were never good with consistency. If you went to hear Hank Williams Jr., you were okay if Jesus come back. But if you went to hear Journey, you're going straight to hell. We're not even talking about, um, um, what's the other one that wore all the makeup? Kiss. I mean, I mean, you know, just the editor, you know, nice to say. Anyway, so the whole thing, uh, so it was just, you know, everything was about the end times. You remember, Marie, we had Sunday school lessons about it, and everybody was going to be the Antichrist. And we were warning everybody, that's the Antichrist, that's the Antichrist. And we had all these lessons, we had all these stories. Oh, oh hang on. Now I'm going to really get down. Because some of you, I guarantee, if you're honest, I need you to be honest. You're in God's house and he's watching. We had bumper stickers. Do you remember the bumper stickers, James? And so we had bumper stickers and it simply said this. In case of rapture, this vehicle will be unmanned. (laughs) We were so corny stupid. Uh, All right, now let's just be honest. How many of you had that on your car? Kevin. All right, anyway, uh, so I guarantee you Tudor had one on his car. Uh, so the truth of the matter is, is that we did a lot of cornball stuff, did we not? And, and so, uh, we, but, but here's the thing, all of that stuff is true, and yeah, we went off the deep end, 
But you know what I think we miss today? Is I think we miss a healthy balance of that. I think we went too far the other way, Ms. Sharon. I think we need to think about the second coming a lot more. I think it would impact how we live our lives now if we got off the subject of trying to make this life perfect. I've got to have the perfect marriage and I've got to protect my kids and they can't have anything bad happen to them and all this stuff. I'm telling you, Jesus is coming and this life doesn't matter. And you all are killing yourselves to have the perfect life and the perfect dreams. And I'm not against dreams. I'm telling yourself, you're killing yourself for the stuff here and now and for everything to go right. And guess what? You're going to live for eternity if you know Jesus Christ. And so we've got to get our eyes. And I think we need a revival of this. And I'm not saying that Mike Morris is the Antichrist, but we need to get back to... Uh, to thinking about the second coming, quit worrying about all the stupid details and just live ready for the master to come back. And so again, I think Jesus is wanting us to get that. So what does this look like? So here's my question again before you this morning. Are you ready for Jesus to return? Get your notes out real quickly this morning and I'm gonna share with you just two, two points. I only got two points this morning that I wanna share with you about this text. How do we fast forward, live our lives in the future, impacts the daily decisions that we make today? Number one, stay awake and keep looking for his return. The first illustration that we gave and that Jesus gives in this parable is about the wedding feast, and we talked to you about the Jewish culture and what that was. And so ultimately, and I don't have this statement on the screen, but I think that what all of this argument is, is Jesus is making the case so our, our responsibility, our responsibility today is to just simply keep serving him until he returns. Stay awake and keep doing what you're doing until Jesus returns. Did you get that this morning? I don't think we do. Keep doing what you're doing until Jesus returns. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't lay down. Don't phone it in. Jesus is coming. Keep doing what you're doing. So this week, I'm going to share with you three quick stories about what God is doing in our church in this day and time. And I love this. We don't talk about just all the past stuff. This is what God is doing this week. So three stories in your all's lives. And I think it's going to help you all relate to the daily decisions you're making. So uh, I had a guy in our church call me. And uh, he just said, man, I want to go to lunch one day. And so I said, cool, you buying? And uh, anyway, so I'm always good, you know, if you guys are fine. Anyway, I'm just kidding, sort of. But, uh, and so we, uh, we went to, you know, we're, you know, I'm a very high-class preacher, so we went to Papa V's. For those of you who don't know Tupelo, it's a gas station, and they have really good food. And so, because, uh, you know, it's kind of classy dude I am. So we go to the gas station to eat lunch, and uh, we're at Papa V's, and we're just having a conversation. And, and basically, Gore's summarizing the story. is a guy just said, you know, man, I'm all on board, Pastor Terry, with, with everything that we're doing here. He goes, man, I get the disciples thing. I'm trying to get, you know, my own group going. Uh, I'm invested in connect groups on Sunday nights, meeting in small groups. We have 25 of those, two, uh, 300 plus people that are meeting on Sunday nights, so we'll discuss the message, except tonight. Come back tonight because we're doing music. Anyway, uh, but, uh, and so he says, I'm invested in connect groups. I see what you're talking about. You know, you're talking about we need a children's pastor and, and all these things. He said, I'm totally on board with everything that God's doing in our church, all the life changes happening, missions, all of that stuff. I appreciate that. But Pastor Terry, what about what's next? And basically, he began to share, as we just unpacked together back and forth, 
that he was a little bit concerned about getting dry and what comes, have you ever been in a season of your life where you just spiritually are a little bit dry and okay, what's next? You know, I need something to sort of charge me up and let's just be honest, we all get there, we all get there. And so we're just having a good, honest back and forth about this. And then this is what, and so I'm praying as he's talking, and, and you know, what do I say? And, and my message was simply this, keep doing what you're doing, because Jesus is coming back. And here's why we keep doing what we're doing. Because you do hear journals, and you start with that. And by the way, if you're not engaged in that, we have a whole reading plan. Our whole church is invited to join the reading plan. We got copies of that at guest services desk. Now's a perfect time to launch into that. Uh, and we, we start off a new uh, section of that. So go pick up your copy. Monday fires that off. And so here's what we're reading recently in this past week in our here journals. We're in the book of Romans. And it has been fantastic. We had a prayer service over at Wednesday night. you got to go back and listen to that. Uh, I mean, it was powerful. And so here's what we've determined in reading, and, and this is what my message was to my buddy at lunch the other day. Here it is, Romans 12, 9 through 12. Love, let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit to that point. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope, second coming. Be patient in tribulation, second coming. But be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saint and, sh- and seek to show hospitality. Now, listen to me real quickly because I've got to fly through this. All right, here's what you need to know. So in the book of Romans we've been reading, you get to Romans chapter 8, arguably the greatest chapter in the Bible. If you disagree, you're wrong. So anyway, Romans chapter 8. And so he lays down the foundation, and here's what Romans chapter 8 is, is, is making the case for. And, and, and this is going to be crazy, town. You guys ready for this? Here's what Romans 8 says. Romans 8 says that, G, that God so loved you that he cared about every single one of you, that he sent his perfect and holy son who never did one single thing wrong, was there at creation, he created you, and he came and he lived and we crucified him and he died for your sins and for mine and he was the perfect sacrifice. Your kids, my kids, they're all going to live and die, but this one never did anything wrong. He never deserved anything he got, but he did it all for you. And not only did he die to take away your sins and mine, but guess what, Ernie? Because of what Jesus did, because of his substitutionary uh, salvation, because of the penal view of justification, I no longer, and not only not going to hell, but I am no longer waking up in the morning as a Terry Pierce guilty, feel bad about myself because I didn't do everything right. I got news for you. I put on every day the righteousness of Jesus Christ, and that's what he won for me because he is alive he is not in the tomb amen and so he says that's what you have in me that is what you have in me and I'm coming back I'm coming back now here is what I want you to live like this is how you keep the fire going this is how you don't quit this is how you do this. We all quote Romans 12, 1 and 2. Be not conformed to this world, blah, 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 blah. But we leave off this. 
And I think this is so cool. I don't know how we missed this. This is what he says that really Romans 12, 1 and 2 looks like. So here's what I want you to write down in your notes. How do you live in your daily choices knowing that Jesus is coming back? How do you get ready for that? You ready? This is how we stay fresh. Love each other. Uh, I'm sorry, number one is, I'm sorry, I missed the, my mark here. Uh, l- let your love be genuine. So what this means is, is stay in the word, keep praying, do your hair journals, and get your backside to church. Because you know what God's going to tell you every day? In his word, he's going to tell you, Angela, that he loves you. You know what he's going to do to you in prayer through the Holy Spirit? Yeah, you screwed up royally yesterday. You treated your wife like crap. But you know what? There's this little thing about forgiveness. I need you to clean up your act. I need you to get the porn off your phone. I need you to quit feeling sorry for yourself and get bitter about what happened to you in your past. And you need to learn how to forgive people because guess what? You're not as smart as you think you are. I need to keep your love genuine and fresh. And what I need to do is to let you know I love you that much. I put up with your crap and I still want you. He reminds us every day through the word, through prayer. And when you get your backside to church, you need to be in this house. You need to be with our group in Missouri that's watching this morning. And you let the the Holy Spirit move through the room and just remind you, I love you. You're a screw up. And you've done a lot of things that are wrong, but I love you. I died for you, and I'm not giving up on you. Somebody say amen. amen. If you all, uh, you remember back in the day uh, when you were dating? Remember Mark when you were dating Angela? <laughs> you know, way, way back uh, in, the, in the 1800s. And so, uh, and so uh, you, you remember uh, what it was like? And, and back in the day, uh, you know, Mark and Angela's been married for 73 years now. And so, so anyway, and so, uh, so back in the day... Mark and Angela were courting. That's what we used to call it in the South, amen. And Mark was courting Miss Angela. And she could sing, and Mark can't sing a lick. But uh, Mark was trying to impress her. And so he pulls up, you know, and if he was like me with Blinn, I pulled up in my 1978 Ford Courier. Three cylinders go from zero to 60 downhill on a good day. And um, you did all that courting. And here's what you did that for, because Mark was doing his dead-level best to get Miss Angela's attention. He was strutting like a peacock. He was showing off and telling her that one day I'm going to be an executive at Waste Management. And anyway, he was doing all of this, and so he was doing all of this strutting, and one day I'm going to be a deacon for Terry Pierce. (laughs) And so anyway, (laughs) I'm sure that was it. And anyway, uh, and so he was doing all this stuff because he wanted to get Miss Angela's attention. And here's what happens in marriage, is you forget about the romance. You forget about the passion that got you together because you're just busy doing life, and you forget about the love. And ladies and gentlemen, life is too short. Life is too precious to leave out the love. And so my message to Mark and Angela and to every one of you couples here this morning is what you need to do is you need to take your John Brown kids and all the snot blowing and all of the booger eating and all the other stuff that's going on in your house and all those things and you need to drop them off at the grandparents' house 
And you need to leave him there for a night or two. And you need to just go out on a date night and rekindle the love. And that's how you keep the romance of the marriage together. Is you need to be reminded what it's like to just date again. And to hang out and be rekindled that love. How in the world do you think you can be a Christian? How in the world do you think that you can keep the love of God burning in your heart, in your life, when you never hang out with him? You never spend time in his word. You never talk to him in prayer. And you don't get your backside to church. How in the world do you think you're ever going to have a genuine love? you got to do this. you got to do this, guys. That's how you stay awake. Let your love be genuine. And you know what happens when you invest in God's kingdom? And this is why you want to be a part of a church like Connect Church. Because when you guys invest in letting your love be genuine, it just oozes out through this place and it blesses other people. So I'm telling my dude at, at Papa V's at lunch, I said, here's why you keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep going to connect groups. Keep doing discipleship. Keep doing your hair journals and your prayer time because God is using your faithfulness to bless others. So I told him about what happened to me the other day. So about 10.30 at night, I get a text, and it's from 618. And you have to be from Illinois to know what 618 means. And so I knew that it was from Illinois because I grew up in that area, but I have no flipping clue who this number is. And it's 10.30 at night. So I show Belinda the phone. I'm always accountable. And I say, what do I do with this? And she goes, you don't answer some other person. You don't know who's on that line. And so I said, well, let's just cool off. Let's let it in the morning. And then I, she said, in the morning, you text them and ask them, who in the freak are you? <laughs> and, uh, and so what do you, and so come to find out, here's what the person said from Illinois. Hey, Terry, I just want to thank you for helping me realize God's purpose for my life. I stopped going to church around a year ago, and I struggled with getting on with life because a part of me knew I should be in church I should be spending time with God's word on my own time. And a relative here in Illinois just told me, you got to listen to Connect Church and this dude named Brother or Terry Pierce. And he said, so I tuned in and I began to listen to your services at Connect Church online. The past year has been hard on me. I've done things I shouldn't have done. And by the way, I, I asked for permission to share all this, and he gave it to me. He said, I've done things I shouldn't have done and said things I shouldn't have said. But watching your sermons has reminded me that I'm nothing without God. And it's also encouraged me to be better and to share God's word. Thank you again, Pastor Terry. And I look forward to hearing more this Sunday by you guys just doing what you're called to do by you guys just giving, by you guys just doing discipleship, by you guys just spending time in your hair journals, by you guys just getting your backsides to church and to connect groups. You guys are reaching people all over this country. Somebody say amen. Guys, how do we get ready for Jesus' return? Is we just keep doing what he's called us to do, and he wants to bless us. And now, here's the rest of the text, and I'm just going to give you these because I want to land this plane real quickly. I'm already in the red, so here we go real quickly. You love each other. 
Uh, what, do you, what do you keep doing to keep the love going? How do you stay awake for the second coming? Just keep loving each other. Outdo each other in showing honor. How about we get past ourselves in the church that certain people are more important than others? How about you give honor to other people and let's lower down the notch? What is it? Uh, my wife says there's a lot of extra people in the world that's, that's all about them. How about we give attention to other people than ourselves? Number three, four, whatever we're on. Don't be spiritually lazy. Regain your passion for him and then go serve him because he's returning. And, and, and I just want to tell you this morning, uh, that's what I share with my friend at lunch. This is the key. Don't be lazy. Get fired up again. Keep on serving him because Jesus is coming back. Romans 12 says, I'm already justified, so let's go live this out. And here's what Romans 12 will do for you. Rejoice in hope. Be patient and keep praying. That's the key. Guys, how do you get ready for Jesus second coming. You remember that he's coming. Rejoice in the hope. I'm not going to hell. I'm on my way to heaven. Are you with me this morning? Rejoice in his hope. Be patient. It ain't happened yet. I don't know what the next couple of years in this country is going to be like. I think it's going to be rough and it's going to be tough. But guess what? I don't really give a rip because whether I lose it all or I don't have anything that's left after the next two years, who cares? I'm going to live forever with Jesus Christ. And then number three, you just keep praying. Keep praying, God, use me. God, use me to share your gospel, to stay on mission. And that leads us to the final point that I want to share with you this morning. Stay focused on your purpose. Stay focused on your purpose. I love how these parables, Jesus not only tells us to stay awake, but he says in the next verse, I want you to stay focused on your purpose. Look what happens in verse 39. don't have time to read it. But basically, Jesus warns in the parable, and he says, and I love this. He says, now this is a good Mississippi preaching. You guys are going to like this. He says in verse 39, he says, now I want you to understand that if you knew somebody was going to break into your house this week, you would be ready to protect it, and you're not letting somebody come in and steal the stuff in your house. Now, I know for all the folks on the left a little bit and they're going to get upset about this but I'm just telling you Jesus said it so you take it up with him so let me translate into into Mississippian you know so here's what happens what he's saying in the text if somebody puts on social media this week what's in here and Grant they say Tuesday night I'm coming to Morville I'm going to the four-way stop take a left towards Dorsey I'm going to go rob everything the preacher has well, first of all, I ain't going to take that long. But, but anyway, and so he says, but I'm coming to the preacher's house on Tuesday night at 6.30, and I'm going to rob the preacher's house. Everybody knows it. It's out there, and the thief's coming in. And you know what's going to happen in Dorsey? And I know it's going to offend some of y'all, but here's what's going to happen. I'm going to be sitting in my John Brown chair at the back door, Miss Marie, without, unapo- without, apolo- without apology. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to have my 12-gauge shotgun. And when that thief opens up the door, I'm going to say to him, click, click, say hello to my little friend. <laughs> and then he's going to laugh and go away. Uh, but anyway, and so, but, but here's the thing. <laughs> here's the thing is I'm going to have that shotgun ready. And if I don't, and if that doesn't work, I'm going to pull out my Glock 43 and we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. And I hope he's saved because at that point he's going to meet Jesus because he ain't getting in my house. He ain't taking my wife, my kids or anything else. I'm there to defend the property. And what Jesus is saying is you all keep letting the devil rob you every day of your life. The devil is coming in. You know he's coming for you. He tells you don't read your Bible. He tells you not to go to church. He tells 
tells you not to pray. He tells you to stay away from God. And y'all keep letting him steal every part of your joy. Jesus is coming back. And it's time we defend our, our hearts. It's the time that we defend our spiritual house. And you want to know why? Y'all ready for this, Miss Sharon? Because Jesus is coming back. Stay focused on the mission. Discipleship, discipleship, discipleship. Because here's why. There's a new day coming. Revelation 21. Y'all ready? Y'all been waiting for this all day, Miss Marie. Here it comes. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. This is what's coming, guys. And the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Hallmark Channel stuff, never even seen anything like this. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. For God himself will be with them as their God. He's going to wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Are you with me this morning? No other funerals. Can you get an amen on that? I'm just telling you. And neither shall there be any mourning, nor crying, nor pain, nor any more, for the former things have passed away. And then he who is seated on the throne said, Behold, I'm making all things new. And also he said, write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He is coming. And he said unto them, It is done. I am the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, and I will end it all. Somebody say amen. And so here's the deal this morning. you got to decide that what you're killing yourself to get out of this life is absolutely not worth it. You know, we use this phrase in today's generation. We call it YOLO. You know what YOLO means? You're only going to live once. So you've got, you know, and I hear you all killing yourselves. I just want to go to Hawaii before I die. I want to climb a mountain before I die. I want to go scuba and I want to kill the big moose or whatever, the big deer. I want to do all these great things in my life. Listen to me this morning. That is a huge wrong way of thinking that you only live once. It is a lie straight from hell because guess what? You don't have to kill yourself. I probably will never get to Hawaii. I probably, you've ever seen me deer hunt? I'm never going to shoot the big deer. Uh, I, I may never go scuba diving because I was free will Baptist and we're not allowed to swim. So I may never get to do a lot of the things here in, in this lifetime that I would love to dream to do, but I don't give a rip because guess what? you got to read Dr. Randy Alcorn's book on heaven. When, he, when Jesus comes straight out of the scripture, He's turning this corrupt, evil, desecrated planet into a new heaven and a new earth. And guess what he's going to do, Marie? Everything on this planet that is glorious, everything that's ever done that's been fun. You see, there's nothing that we've ever thought of that's fun and, and exhilarating that we want to do that we're not going to get to do in heaven because everything good comes from God. You're not just going to float around with a heart and, and wings. You're going to be going to Hawaii. You're going to be climbing mountains, and you're going to be swimming with the fish, and you're going to be hanging out and doing all the stuff that you dreamed of in this life that you killed yourself. But guess what? You're not just going to do it with a carnival cruise package. You're going to do this forever. So I got a new phrase for you all today. Y'all ready? And here's the new phrase. You guys are yelf. 
I'm telling you, this is our new phrase. We are Yelf. You are living forever. Let's put YOLO to bed. Let's bury it because I'm telling you, we have a hope. Jesus is coming back. Yelf! So let's quit worrying about here and now and let's keep living for Jesus. The question is, are you ready? Are you ready? Would you stand with me and bow your heads? Are you ready for Jesus to return? Here's the first group I want to invite to come as Tanner gets ready to sing. If you've never asked Jesus Christ into your heart and your life, you do not want Jesus to come back and not be ready. You can make that decision to come to an old-fashioned altar at a church this morning. Meet with a counselor that will pray with you and tell you how to be saved. Amen, church. And then secondly, let me talk to my church. Are you really living for everything you can get in this life? Church, I don't care how screwed up you've been. I don't care how deep a hole that you've been in. I don't care how dark your heart is. I'm telling you, you don't want to die that way. I love you. It is time for you to be awake, to be alert, and to engage again in your Bible reading, in your prayer, getting your butt in church, and serving living life on mission. His message to you guys this morning, come back to me. Come back to me. I love you. Inviting you. Let's get ready. Are you ready for Jesus to come back? If you need to come and pray this morning and rededicate your life, would you come as we sing? Thank you for listening to the Sermon Playback Podcast from Connect Church in Tupelo, Mississippi. Connect Church has two worship services on Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. and 10:30. We sincerely hope you'll visit. For more information and details, or if you have any questions you'd like answered, please visit our website at www.triconnect.church. Again, that's www.triconnect.church.